morning. You're very welcome to Passage Baptist Church this morning. I know we have some visitors because it's a special day, so you're, you're very welcome if you're visiting for the first time. It is a joy to gather together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to read a little bit from John 4. You don't have to turn there. just want to prepare our hearts to worship the Lord this morning. In John 4, Jesus has had some interaction with a woman who does not know who he is, but she soon discovers who Jesus is. And in that interaction, Jesus says to her, Believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, He who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. She was talking to the Lord Christ in that very moment. And we have gathered here to hear from the Lord. And we worship him in spirit and in truth together this morning. And so it's a very special morning here at Passage Baptist because we're having our first baptisms as a church. Uh, And it's always a delight to be able to to gather together to see people follow the Lord in obedience and baptism, to worship his name as we hear his word preached, as we pray together, and as we sing together. Let me pray, and then we will stand together and sing. Father, we do thank you for this morning. This is the day that you have made. We want to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we need your help this morning to worship you in spirit and truth. We have your truth in your scriptures. Would you stir our spirits with your truth to worship you this morning? Would what we sing and the thoughts that we think, would they be sweet to you this morning, Father? We thank you, God, that we can gather in this way. We thank you that we have the freedom to do so. And we thank you, Father, that we have uh, just so many together this morning uh, to be a part of this special service. It's a gift. God, help us to recognize that and to be thankful. Receive our worship, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to stand, we're going to sing with our masks on. Delight to bring you praise. Come all and tune your hearts to sing to the morning star of grace. From the shifting shadows of the earth, we will lift our eyes to Rejoice, rejoice, let it 
is for us to grace, sheltered by your saving grace, and sprinkled with your blood. Jesus, all my trust is in your blood. Saving grace, I see the sound of saving grace. Christ died for me. How sweet the sound of saving grace. How sweet the sound of saving grace. Christ died for me. My soul and know this peace, the merits of your great high priest have bought your liberty. By the Lord is precious love to fear your banishment from God since Jesus sets you free. again to Passage Baptist Church. You're very welcome this morning. There's a few announcements. Uh, we have the life of the church this week. Obviously, uh, this morning we have baptisms, and so it's very encouraging uh, to see some visitors, some guests. Uh, it's very encouraging to see those who are following the Lord in, in baptism, and so uh, it is a delight uh, to, to be together this morning for that. Also, we have a soup lunch this, this, this afternoon, I guess, by the time we get there. We have a soup lunch, uh, and so you're more than welcome to stay. There's plenty of soup. You didn't have to bring anything. It is all provided for you. Uh, and so right after the service, we will gather uh, and, and enjoy some fellowship around uh, the table. Uh, next week, 
uh, I should say Fridays. We have Family Fridays at 7 o'clock here in the building. So we've got adult Bible study. We have kids club and we have youth. And so uh, there's much going on on a Friday. Uh, You're more than welcome to attend. Please do. Also, Shane will continue uh, in the book of Proverbs next week. Uh, We'll have a special sermon this week uh, regarding uh, just the, the thoughts of baptism Uh, Also, just please, again, mark your calendars for March the 12th. It's our day away. There are several of these uh, flyers that are on just a few of the seats. Really, one per family is enough. It's just information. And then there's some booking on the back. And so we are taking bookings. Bookings are really essential for this. Uh, And so please book uh, early so that we know who's coming and how much food to prepare and and the like. And so, again, uh, there's also a a question there if you have a young one and you need a place for them to nap. (laughs) So we can provide that. I just need to know so I can uh, I can sort that out. Uh, Also, this is really just focused on on our church, our church body here. And so it's going to be really nice to be able to spend some time together in that unrushed way, uh, just to be able to continue to get to know each other well. If you have like a a neighbor or or someone that you really want to invite into the church community, they're more than welcome to come. But it really it's really trying to focus on our church family so that we can really have some good time together. So that is March the 12th. It's coming up sooner uh, than you think because it's already February. (laughs) So also just in the back, there is a there is an offering box on the back windowsill. And so if you would like to worship the Lord through giving, that is there as well. Uh, I think that. We are going to have a prayer now. Well, good morning. Uh, Usually every Sunday morning we pray together. So I'm going to take some time to pray. And um, let's just close our eyes and pray. Our Lord, you are the king of this universe. And Lord, we think of the vastness of it. And yet you came down to this world, Lord, born as a baby, born to live a sinless and perfect life, born to die, and also born to raise from the dead. And in that there is power, and in that there is hope for sinners like me, And for sinners like all those sitting here in this room, we have hope in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And for that, we thank you. We come here today, Lord, many of us feeling different things. Some anxious, some maybe worried about getting cold in the water. Lord, different things that we're thinking in our lives, different stuff going on. And Lord, we don't check that out at the door. We bring all of that to you. Lord, you care for us. We bring all our anxieties and our burdens because you deeply care for your people. And Lord, I pray for all those um, who have been sick over the last few weeks um, with with different uh, illnesses and different things. Lord, I pray thanking you that you've helped them and aided them to recover. And I pray for those who are still Um, looking to recover from things. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with them and they would know your presence today. And Lord, we think of those three getting baptized today. Lord, we thank you for them taking this step of faith. Pray for Shane and Aisley and Sarah. And Lord, we thank you for the fact that they want to tell others that they are today following Jesus. 
And so, Lord, I pray this would be a special day of memory for them. Lord, I thank you for all the little noises that we hear in this room. Uh, Little babies making noise, toddlers playing with toys, and little loud screams that I'm sure will happen soon. Lord, we thank you for every single one of those children. Pray that you would help all the tired and exhausted parents raise them well in these days. And pray that we as a church can come alongside them in whatever way happens. And Lord, we think also of, of the church day away, Lord. May that be a real fruitful time for our church as we gather together and enjoy one another's fellowship and company. And Lord, we ask, oh Lord, will you come and meet with us today? We don't come here to be entertained or keep our attention. Lord, we come here to meet with you and your people. Holy Spirit, come, we pray. Speak into our lives and hearts. In your precious name, amen. Amen. So right now, um, what we're going to do is hear um, some testimonies. So before we have the baptisms... So the baptisms, what Jesus has called us to do in Matthew 28, it says this. Jesus says this after he rose from the grave. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. One of the reasons we have the baptisms here today is because this is what the Lord Jesus told us to do. Go and make disciples and go and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so what we're going to hear this morning as we hear the testimonies uh, we're going to hear from, from three, Shane, Aisley, and Sarah. And as we hear those testimonies, they are really testimonies of what the Lord Jesus has done in their lives, how he has changed their lives, and how they're seeking to be obedient to him in baptism. Now, he has called them to be baptized, and this is a step of obedience for them. So what we'll have is, is Shane is going to go first. We have the sheets there of the testimonies there, so you can read them along as people come. Uh, Shane is going to remain in his seat as he reads that to us. And then after each testimony, we'll have a song that each person has chosen. So um, first, I'd like to ask Shane if he could read out his testimony for us. If you'd have the sheets there, you can look at that. So Shane, if you can read for us, that would be great. I was born into a Christian family. I was always hearing about the Bible and God and Jesus. Every Sunday morning, I would go to church with my family. I never really thought much about putting my trust in God until I moved to Cork. I was always scared of hell and really wanted to go to heaven. Well, I thought about it one night, and I asked my mom how to be saved to have faith. We prayed. I'm not sure if that was when I was saved. It was more like a journey than an exact day. I knew I needed Jesus because I was a sinner and needed to be saved. I often would be lying in bed at night and pray to be saved again. I know now that I'm going to heaven. I talked with my dad one night, and I asked how you know if you're saved. I was thinking about this a lot after going to camp. Well, he showed me some verses, and we talked, and I knew I was saved. 
I want to grow in my faith and have a strong relationship with God. I will always be a sinner until either I die or Jesus comes back. But I believe Jesus will help me grow in my faith and my struggles. Thanks, Shane. Let's give him a clap. Wonderful. Thank you, Shane. Um, Shane has uh, requested a song. Um, it's a song, we don't, we don't know the song, but um, Andrew's going to sing it for us and, and lead in that song. And you can read the words there um, as Andrew leads us um, in the song. So. Death was 
testimony. I knew I needed Jesus because I was a sinner and needed to be saved. All of us need Jesus, don't we? And that was a wonderful testimony. So thank you, Shane, and a wonderful song. Thank you guys for learning that and playing that for us uh, today. We have Aisley up now. So Aisley is going to read from her seat as well for us. So you have Aisley Keating there on your sheet, and she'll read to us her testimony. So thanks, Aisley. I was born in a Christian home, and I was raised learning the Bible and the gospel story. How Jesus was born, lived, preached, and died on the cross for our sins. Last year, when I, when I was 12, I decided to put my faith in Jesus Christ and accept him as my Savior. I knew I was a sinner, and I knew, I knew I needed help. Now that I give my life to Jesus, I feel stronger. I know he is with me wherever I go, and I can do anything through him. I know I have inherited eternal life through Christ Jesus. I want to obey Jesus now and forevermore, starting with being baptized. John 3, 16, 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Amen. Let's give her a clap. Well done, Aisha. I want to obey Jesus, she said, now and forevermore, starting with being baptized. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so we're going to sing, uh, He Will Hold Me Fast. We haven't sung this in a while, but we're going to stand and we're going to sing this together. He will hold me fast, and then we'll hear Sarah's testimony then. So let's stand to sing. Thank you. 
27 says this, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. Amen. He will hold us fast. We have Sarah coming up to give her testimony, and she is coming up. I made her. <laughs> so, um, so Sarah, if you could, you could come up now, that would be great. think nothing good could ever come from moments spent outside McDonald's at 1am in the morning and yet that was the first time I'd ever heard or perhaps ever listened to somebody talk about their personal relationship with God. Um, I attended a Catholic all-girls school managed by nuns. I learned prayers and verses off by heart without thought of their meaning. I had RE class twice a week throughout secondary school 
and yet no one ever asked me about my relationship with Jesus. I learned that Jesus was for religion class. I was brought up in a Catholic non-church-going family. I was baptized. I had my first communion. I made my confirmation. I wore a nice dress, and I collected nearly 70 pounds. Um, But God was absent in all of those occasions for me. I learned that God was for nice dresses and special occasions. My family didn't really speak about faith at home, other than to acknowledge that there was a God. So I learned that God was personal and private. There was a parish priest that came to our school, Father Doherty. He asked for volunteers to ring the bells at church on Sunday, and I said yes. I rang the bells every Sunday for a year, but I never asked why. Father Doherty would stand on the altar, and his words would echo through the drafty church. I understood very little. I sat through long services hearing the priest preach, and all I remember thinking was, I hope I don't miss my cue to ring the bells. I learned that God was for people who used decorative language or spoke in monotones or rang bells or used incense. I went on to study politics in college, and there I learned that politics should be secular. God was for personal moments and not for the place of the political sphere. On reflection, it wasn't that I didn't believe in God. I knew about God I knew that God existed, but had no relationship with him. I suppose I didn't think he was for people like me. I didn't pray because I didn't know how to. I felt silly speaking to God. Anytime I tried, I stopped because I foolishly believed God cared that I only spoke to him because I wanted something. As if God was some spiteful teenage girl annoyed that I hadn't called him in a while. I thought God was there for the kind and the considerate, the ones who prayed at night by their bed, I thought God was for people who said the right things at the right time. I thought God was not for people like me. Until that night, outside McDonald's, I'd never heard anyone talk about having a relationship with Jesus. I was 23 at the time, and I'd never heard anyone my age speak about Jesus. We sat in a red fiesta with the engine turned off and the heat on, lit by the glow of the two arches. I didn't want to go home. We were having such a good night. I pressed the eject button on the very retro CD player and a Christian album zooped out of the CD player. I was surprised. He began to tell me that he believed in God and that God loved him, um, that he was going to heaven because of that ultimate sacrifice. Sorry, he believed that Jesus died for him and that his sins were forgiven for that act, that he was going to heaven because of that ultimate sacrifice. The word seemed so alien to me. He was patient when I asked questions. He spoke about God with love and adoration, like he would speak about a loving father. And he invited me to church, so I agreed. The first time I attended church, I expected to feel the same familiar feelings I was accustomed to feeling from years of attending school masses. Judgment, boredom, self-loathing, confusion, disdain. And yet the service proceeded. The pastor spoke of God's love for us. He spoke... He, he said he loves you. He doesn't, he doesn't, I thought. I'm too messy. I'm different to all these people that surround me. I drink wine and vodka and whiskey. I dance into the early mornings. I kiss boys. I swear like a sailor. I have a wicked temper. I can be jealous and sharp and I hurt people. The pastor continued, Mark 2.17. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to the righteous, but but for sinners. 
I bought a Bible and I started reading. The more I read, the more I understood. God was present at every stage of my life. I just didn't realize it. I didn't acknowledge him and I didn't give him the credit. I began to realize that my faith should not be a secret and to and acknowledging him at only special occasions was trivializing his importance. God created this world and everyone and everything on it. His presence surrounds us. I started giving thanks to God sincerely for everything around me, my family, friends, health, and the health of the loved ones, the food we eat, the roof over our head. This helped me to feel closer to him and see his presence in the little and large joys in my life. It also helped me to form prayers, something I had struggled with in the past. Thanking God in prayer has helped me realize that my very messy, very broken self is enough and that God has me exactly where he wants me, even though sometimes I feel like I should be much further along the road. I know now that I don't need to hide my faith. I don't need to worry about rejection from anyone as I have the acceptance of God. God accepts and loves me completely and unconditionally despite my flaws, insecurities, and fears. I am very much a work in progress, but he is slowly changing me as I learn to trust him more and more. I stand here today to say that God loves me and fully accepts me, not because of anything I have or haven't done, but because of what Jesus did. Jesus gave up his life so that I could be fully accepted by God, and even more so, he forgives me for my sins. Amen. Let us stand to sing the song requested by Sarah. Bless the Lord. And we'll keep our masks on and we'll sing that uh, together. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. Worship his Oh, my soul, oh, my soul. 
thanks. It's very, very brave for those. I know all three were very self-conscious and shy about giving their testimony. It's a difficult thing to stand before people and say, I have decided to follow Jesus. But that is what they have done. And I'd encourage you in the coming days, pray for them. They have publicly declared they are following Jesus. The devil will not be indifferent. He will be out to challenge and to question their faith but thank god we sang songs he will hold me fast he will fasten up me to the cross and it is on the cross that i am saved let's pray our gracious god we thank you that though these three individuals have come in different circumstances different situations to that personal faith in christ and to the realization that they cannot save themselves no one is good enough to save themselves, but only Christ can save us. And they have, like orphans wandering in a dark world, have seen the light of Jesus and been adopted, been taken, and they can now say truly, God is my Father. He loves me. What a great God you are. Father, thank you for the great work you have done so far in their lives in calling them to follow you. And we know, Lord God, that not only do you call them, but you keep them, you hold them, and you guarantee with the aid of the Holy Spirit living within them, they are guaranteed, they are children of the living God, they have an eternal life that can never fail. Thank you, Lord, for such a hope. I pray your blessing on each one, that as they go about their lives in the coming days, they would know the joy of the Lord, the sense that Jesus has extended the hand of friendship, has taken them, rescued them, as it were, and made them his very own. Oh, gracious God, bless them. Give them courage to go and live for Jesus as they were, as they've already said that they are aware that they cannot hide their faith. It is a public declaration. I have decided to follow Jesus. Gracious God, I pray your good hand upon them that not just will they be um, faithful to you in, in simply declaring your name, but their lives would be lives worthy of the name of Jesus. 
For Lord Jesus, you lived the perfect life for us so you could stand before our Father in heaven as a perfect man on on behalf of imperfect sinners like us. Lord Jesus, in you there was no sin and you were able to stand on their behalf and say, this one is mine. I have redeemed him. I have redeemed her. Lord Jesus, thank you for such a great salvation. Bless them and encourage them, I pray. And Father, as we at church seek to live for Jesus, as we meet on Sunday mornings, as we declare your word in the way we live our lives, help us, every one of us here, to realize what a great responsibility as well as great privilege it is to be able to say, I am a child of the living God. Father, bless them, and I pray that every aspect of their lives would now be lived for the sake of the name of Jesus, because he loved them and went to the cross for them. Thank you for them, gracious God. Amen. Amen. Shane. Just going to spend a brief time in God's Word uh, this morning as we uh, respond in hearing of these testimonies. One of the reasons um, I love hearing testimonies is because it really is the story of God's work in someone else's life. This morning is probably the first morning that some of us have even heard testimonies. Stories of God changing people's lives. And that's what we're celebrating. That's why we ask them to read out their testimonies. Because what they are confessing is the Lord Jesus has changed my life. And I want to be obedient to him in baptism. And I want to tell everybody that I love him and that I'm following him. And after hearing these testimonies, I was reminded of another testimony in Scripture. The Apostle Paul, he talks about his past quite often in Scripture. And he talks about his testimony, his stories of how God has changed his life. See, the reality is, every single one of us in this room, we have a past. We have a background that maybe not anybody knows, but the Lord knows. And Paul, he was keenly aware of his past. He was keenly aware of all of the things that he had done. And for the religious people, if the religious people were looking at the Apostle Paul's past, they would have said, this guy stands above the rest. In terms of the religious people, in terms of their view on him, they would have said, Paul is the best. And I want you to look at Philippians 3. We've looked at that um, already in this church recently. I think Andrew was preaching from it, and I, and I won't rehash all of it, but I just want to remind you of what Paul knew of his past. Paul says this in Philippians 3, verse 3. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. 
If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Paul says, I'm going to beat you. If you think you're better than me, listen to my testimony. Verse 5. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. And as to righteousness under the law, blameless. And so what Paul is doing here is he's laying out his CV, as it were, his religious CV. You see, there's people in that time, the people of the circumcision, and they said, they were saying, all you need to be to get closer to God and be in a relationship with God and be in God's family, all you need is circumcision. That is the sign of the covenant. All you need is this external mark, this external sign of the covenant, like it was told to Abraham in Genesis 17, that's all you need. And Paul saw these false teachers and said, you're putting confidence in that? Look at my CV. Have a look at my resume. See what I have. And what Paul does so geniusly is Paul, he labels out these these seven qualities. It's like a list of perfection. And number seven, it's like the perfect number. And so he, he lists out these qualities. He, he lists it out very much like a CV, like you would with a CV. Paul says, this is who who I am. I want you to look at who I am and I want you to look at what I did. And when you see that, you will see I'm the best in terms of confidence in the flesh, in terms of confidence in my own abilities and who I am. I beat you all. You don't have a patch on me, Paul would say. And so he lists that out for them, who who he was, circumcised on the eighth day. He was part of a religious family, a family that recognized this guy needs to be circumcised. This guy needs to have the external mark that he is in the people of God. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was of the people of Israel. I was of God's chosen people of all the nations that God could have chosen. He takes this one small nation and says, I love you. And Deuteronomy 7, he says, why does he love them? I love you because I love you. Not because of you, but because I chose you. And what Paul is saying there is, I circumcised on the eighth day, and I'm of the chosen people. And not only am I of the chosen people, but he says, I am of the tribe of Benjamin. One of the elite tribes in the chosen people. So I'm circumcised on the eighth day, then I'm part of one of the chosen people, and I'm one of the chosen people within one of the chosen people. And then he concludes in the middle of his list, In the middle of his list of seven, he concludes this by saying, I am a Hebrew of Hebrews. This is a weird point, but you know, um, you know, uh, Oreo biscuits. I love Oreo biscuits. Do you know why I love them? I love the middle. I'll take out the outside and I just love that creamy middle. The creamy middle of this list. The thing that says game, set, and match. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I am a purebred. Visited the States recently. Someone told me, I'm Irish. I thought in my head, you're not Irish. I'm Irish. Why? They were looking down their line. Someone had, you know their grandparents or their parents or whatever. And what was I claiming in my heart? I'm the Irish of the Irish. 
That's what Paul is saying. I'll beat you all. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. That's who I am. Now, let me show you what, what I have done. Let me show you what I have done, what I have achieved. As to the law, a Pharisee, the Pharisees, they wanted to keep and obey every single part of the law. Do you know that the Torah, the instruction of God, do you know how many commands it has in the Torah and the instruction of God? That's the first five books of the Bible. It has 613 commands. And the Pharisees wanted to make it their obligation in life to keep all 613 commands. And that wasn't even enough for them. Because what they did is they added on to those commands oral, what they called oral traditions in the Mishnah. And they added on these oral traditions to make sure, okay, we have these 600 and 613 commands. Now we need to make sure that we can keep those commands. So what we're going to add on to those is oral traditions and new extra laws to ensure that we can keep all the commands. And so what Paul is saying is, as to those laws and those, those instructions, I was a Pharisee. I kept all the law. This is who I was. As for zeal, persecution of the church. I was going against anybody who would go against my law and think there was a Messiah. And as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Here's what he's saying. You could not fault the way I lived my life. So Paul hands out his CV and says, have a look at this. You're boasting. You think you have confidence just because you're part of the circumcision. He says, you look at my past. I've got it all together. According to your standards, I have made it. And yet what Paul says in response to all of that, the perfect CV, he says this, verse 7, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of this surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. I count all of these things as absolute rubbish. You see that list? You see my CV? Rubbish compared to knowing Jesus Christ. Sarah said in her testimony, I thought I had to be this way. I thought I had to do these things. I thought I had to behave this way. Think that. Heaven's for the good people. Heaven is for sinners who are saved by grace. If it's for the good people, none of us are in. None of us get in. But if it's for sinners saved by grace, I can get in through Him. And you see, the problem is in our lives, some of us, we spend all our lives, I, th- I believe deep down, every single one of us, deep down knows this fact. One day, one day, I am going to meet my maker. I believe that every single one of us knows that reality, even though you mightn't say it, I am going to make my, meet my maker. And so what you think is, I'm going to have to get my CV ready. 
in order to meet him, I need to get myself ready. So we make sure that we do all of this good stuff to make sure that we are ready to meet our maker. So I'm going to give to charity. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to be the best person I can be. And I'm going to make sure that I'm better than everybody else around me because I want to make sure I have the best CV. And so we think on the final day, that CV is what's going to stand me in and that's what's going to allow me in the door. And so on that final day, we come and we meet our maker. And we come with our feeble CVs thinking we, have gr- we are great and we can put confidence in these CVs. And we come and we show him and we say, look, look at all that I've done. Look at who I am. Do you know what family I was born in? Do you know how I was raised? They brought me to church every Sunday. Surely I'm in. Do you know how good I was? Do you know all the charity I did in my life? Surely I am in. And the maker on that day will say to you, if that's all you have, I never knew you. But for the Christian, the Christian comes on that final day. And our maker says, what do you have for me? And the Christian says, I have nothing. All I have. All I have is Christ. All of this stuff is rubbish. The only thing that I know is Christ. And he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Paul, when he looked at his past, when religious people would have looked at his past, they would have said, he is the best Paul knew he was not the best. In Paul's estimation, in his testimony, Paul knew, I'm not the best. Paul knew this, I am the worst. Paul said this in another place about his testimony, 1 Timothy, 1 verse 15. He said this, listen, the saying is trustworthy. And deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. When Paul looks back on his life, he says, I'm a sinner. But God showed me mercy. See, some people might look at the baptisms today and say, They're just adding to their CV. They're just adding to their list. It's another check on the list and another mark and another way to get them into heaven. No. Baptism and baptism. What they're saying is, all I have is Christ. And I want all of you to know that all I have is Christ. There's there's nothing special in that water. There's nothing. That water is not going to do anything. And by the way, it is freezing. It's not going to do anything for them. It is not going to save them. It is not going to clean them. It is not going to do any of that for them. All it is is a picture to say to people, I know that my Savior died for me and I know that He rose again and I believe and I trust in that and on the final day when I meet my Maker, I'm not going to point to myself. I'm going to point to Him and I'm going to point to His righteousness and through that, 
I will be able to enter in. So we're watching in this beautiful, beautiful picture this morning. There's people who are not saying they're perfect, not saying they have made it. What they are saying is, I want everybody to know that I follow Jesus. And though I might be the worst of sinners, here's the good news. Here's the good news for all of us. He came into the world to save sinners like you and me. If today you would repent of your sin, turn from your sin, and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart, then you too could have eternal life. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we thank you as we hear the testimony of Paul. Lord, as people look back on his life, the religious would have said he's the best, and yet he knew he was the worst. And that you have saved him by grace. As we think of Shane and Aisley and Sarah, we're not acknowledging that they are the best. Lord, we're acknowledging that there are sinners in need of grace and you. And so I pray, Lord, as they seek to trust you and follow you, that they would lean on you all the days of their life. In your precious name, amen. In response, before we get into the water, we're just going to sing one more song, and then we're going to get ready to dunk these guys. So let's do that. Friends of sinners, love me ere I knew him. Drew me with his scores of love, tightly bound me to him. Around my heart, so closely twined, the tide does not can For I am his and friend of sinners a crown of thorns you wore for me bruised for my transgressions and you were pierced for my iniquities the wrath of God that I deserve was poured out on the innocent He took my place, my soul to save. Now I miss forever. And Jesus, friend of sinners, I love to tell the story. Redeeming love has been my theme and will be wed in glory. Not death, no life, nor anything 
can ever separate me. Oh, love that will not let me go. Yes, I am His forever. Not death, no life. Not death, no life, nor anything can ever separate me. Oh, love that will not let me go. Yes, I am His forever. Yes, I am His forever. You may be seated. Some a cappella renditions this morning. Um, let's come up. Uh, so we'll have Shane up first and whoever's baptizing him. And actually, we'll ask all three to come up now. And then we'll try this water.
I do believe that Jesus came into this world, was born, he lived a perfect life, he died on the cross, was buried, and on the third day rose again for the forgiveness of your sins. If you repented of your sin and trusted in Jesus Christ to forgive you of all your sins. Therefore, we'll baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.